As we think about our lives in many ways, I think all of us try to strive to have happiness. Many pursue career to do so, and many pursue riches or financial security, and many pursue relationship and friendships, and many pursue hobbies or maybe talents or even skills. And I believe there are some merits and satisfaction that fulfills the soul and also uh, really gives satisfaction in knowing that they have accomplished something. And I believe that in that brief period of time, it is somewhat of, uh, 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 of a thing that you could have <coughs> uh, uh, to be credible. And many of those things have happiness. And we are always exploring, we are always searching, and we are always longing for happiness. However, we must admit that there are labor and, and uh, also uh, there are many uh, uh, painstaking times where we try to obtain happiness and we do do so and we are somewhat uh, uh, reaping the results thereof, but we always come to a conclusion that it is not enough. It is simply not enough. Nothing wrong with happiness and what God gives us every single day, but I believe that we need more than just happiness. And we need joy in the Holy Ghost. We need joy of the Holy Ghost and the joy that our Savior gives us. And this joy is not temporary, but according to Jesus, it abides. And thank God it does abide. And Christ says to his disciples before his crucifixion and ascension, he promises them the joy of his promise in John 16, verse 22. And ye know now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and that your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Let me say that again. Your joy no man taketh from you. You see, according to Jesus, his joy abides with us. And according to our Savior, the joy that he provides is not based on us, but, uh, uh, but is based on our Savior, Jesus Christ himself. It's not based on what's here today and what we could gain and and what we could receive in this temporary life, but it's based on himself and uh, based on who he is. And happiness comes and goes due to circumstances that change and, and also a situation that is altered. But thank God this morning our Savior Jesus Christ never changes, nor does he alter his promises. And we thank God for that. And ladies and gentlemen, it is good that some people have found happiness, but the greatest treasure for any person, is to find the Lord Jesus Christ and the, and the joy that he provides. And his joy cannot be taken away. His joy abides and his joy never disappoints. Why? Because it is based on him. And all of his promises are yea and all of his promises, I believe, as we think about who he is and what he does, it is truly, truly unchangeable. I love Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. And uh, <coughs> we'll go through some, several passages here today. But uh, Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 13. And uh, it says here in verse 13, let's read it together if we can, talking about Abraham. And let's look at verse 13 together and read it together. Ready? For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. He, he swore by who? By himself. And in verse 17, let's look at the same chapter there. Let's read this together. Ready? 
wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed by an oath. Now, what does that mean, immutability? It means never transferable and never alterable. It is fixed. And uh, like fixed interest rate, I'm sure many of you have heard that term before. You expect that interest rate, interest rate to never change. Why? Um, it, because it is under a contract. It is fixed, and it never changes. And God is fixed on his promises. And he is immutable. And his promises is not based on men or anything of this world. It's based on himself. And because he never changes, his promises never change. And uh, so when he says, I want to provide joy in your life, hey, that promise will be fulfilled. And that promise will be there. And that promise will never change. And what a wonderful God that we have today, who is the same yesterday and today and forever. And the joy that we can find in his promise, in salvation, in godly life, in commandments, and his ever-abiding presence in heaven in the future, all of it, my friend, it is fixed. His promises are all yea. And uh, thank God for that. And uh, we never have to worry about his promises. And uh, his promises are fixed. And that's why his joy is reliable, because he is reliable. And happiness is not reliable. It comes and goes. Your jobs come and go. Your money come and go. And the relationship come and go. But Jesus Christ is always abiding. And that he, when he provides joy, he says, hey, it will abide with you, and no man will take away from you. Happiness, we have to seek it again. And we have to search it again. And we have to explore it again. But his joy, we never have to do so because he abides with us. And he is always there. His joy abides and stays. Do you have joy this morning? And uh, are you settled in the great provision of God? The great provision of joy? Or are you just settling with just second class, I guess, a substance called happiness. Oh, I hope you're not like the world and just satisfied with happiness. I hope you're dissatisfied with that. I hope you're always longing for the joy in the Holy Ghost and joy in, the, uh, <coughs> joy in our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and to be honest, when we don't have joy, it really shows. And our countenance show that. And uh, there was <coughs> once a young boy who went to spend the time, spend the week with his grandfather on the farm. And after Sunday morning church, while walking around <coughs> in his grandfather's farm, he noticed the chickens, and they're scratching and playing, and, and uh, they were very active. And the little lass said, they ain't got it. And then the next he saw a colt in the field playing and kicking up its heel, to which he replied, he ain't got it. And after examining all the animals on his grandfather's farm and see that, uh, that none of them had it, this boy finally found the old donkey in the barn. And when he saw the donkey's long, frowning face and the way that the donkey just stood there, he screamed for his grandfather to come quick. I found it, I found it, he said. And the great, in great curiosity, his father asked what he had found. The young boy replied and said, Grandpa, I found the animal that has the same look that the pastor had this morning. And, uh, <coughs> and let's be honest, you know, I don't want to be a pastor like that. <laughs> And uh, I don't want to be in any sense uh, uh, related to a, uh, a long uh, face uh, frowning donkey. And, and as a pastor, I want to make sure I have joy and 
how to make sure I'm abounding in the joy of the Holy Spirit, and that I'm always in tune with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and a lot of things that we gain and, and a lot of things that we receive in this world, yes, it provides happiness. But I'm just simply saying today, hey, uh, uh, let us truly have joy when we go through trials. Let us truly have joy when we go through some heartaches and some disappointments in life. And that's what God is talking about. Hey, this joy that I give you, it doesn't just come and go. It abides with you. And as we have joy, my friend, let us make sure we show forth that joy and we magnify that joy. And when you don't have joy, it shows. And uh, it shows in your words, in your conversation, and, and your attitude of life, and also your perspective of life. And, and it shows, my friend, and how you deal with your children, how, do you, how you deal with your spouse. It really shows when you don't have joy. And how you go to work, it really shows. And I hope you have joy today. And his joy abides, and, and I believe his joy should be magnified in our lives. Oh, let's look into joy that our God provides for us. And what are we to know? I'd like to share with you three biblical reasons and traits for joy this morning. First of all, let us recognize that we have joy in his salvation. And we have joy in his salvation. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, please. <coughs> Excuse me. First Peter chapter 1. Look at verse number 8 and verse number 9. Verse number 8, verse number 9. Wonderful verses here. It says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though ye not ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Thank God this no man, thank God this wonderful uh, 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 salvation that God has given us that no man can take from us. And we're kept by the power of God and that salvation is secure. When you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it is secure, my friend. He is always there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And our joy is based on uh, what's found in this text here. It's based on eternity. It's based on salvation. Our source of joy, this world cannot see. And uh, <coughs> because they don't know what the kingdom of God is all about. They don't believe in the word of God. They don't believe in what is to come. But we do. And we are filled with joy today because we know that this book is true and that the gospel is true and that Jesus Christ has truly saved us from all sins and delivered us from the lake of fire and now we are on our way to heaven. Do you truly believe that this morning? And uh, that's why we have joy today. We have joy in salvation. Look at that verse again in verse number 8. And uh, it says, Whom having not seen, he loved. You don't see God, you don't see Jesus Christ, but you love him. And it says here, though now ye see him not, yet believing, even though you don't see him, you still believe in Jesus Christ. And also it says here, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You see, to the world, this does not make sense. I mean, uh, 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 you trust in a God that cannot be seen, and not only that, you, be you believe in him for salvation, you believe that there's an eternity up there, and also, you also love him. And you are filled with this joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And you see, the world receives happiness 
through what they see and what they could gain. But for us, we receive joy through what we cannot see yet and what is to come. And it's because of our salvation. And we have received Christ as our Savior. Our sins are cleansed away, gone forever. Our destiny has been changed from the lake of fire to heaven. Our focus has changed from this world to the world above. And ladies and gentlemen, the world cannot provide this kind of gift. And thank God our Savior does, and He still wants to give uh, this wonderful gift to those who are willing to come to Him and repent of their sins and to receive Him as their personal Savior. You see, the money of this world cannot buy this. This cannot be sought through any labor of our own. And this no man can earn or work for, but it is graciously and freely given by our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we have joy today. That's what salvation is all about. Salvation is free, and, and it is full of grace. It's not based on us. It's not based on what we, what we can gain temporarily here. No, it's based on Him and what is to come. And even though we don't see Him, hey, we trust Him. Even though we don't see Him, we love Him, and we are filled with joy. And thank God for that. I think about what Aretori once said. There is more joy in Jesus in 24 hours than there is in the world in 365 days. I have tried them both. And we have tried them both, haven't we? Remember before you were saved? Yeah, you were happy and you were seeking for happiness and, and you were in the world and, and you were doing the things of the world and and, uh, and you never thought about salvation, never thought about Jesus Christ, but Christ came to your life and to uh, recognize that you're on your way to hell and that, and that you realize that, uh, uh, that you need to repent of your sin and, and, uh, and trust Christ as your personal Savior. And when you did that, hey, your perspective changed. And hey, what you uh, thought was truly happiness was not happiness. And, uh, and what you gained in the Lord Jesus Christ, you recognized that is truly a joyous and that is something that I can live for. And, and I hope you experience that in your Christian life today. And that's what born-again experience is all about. And you're called out of this world. And you are now <coughs> children of God, children of the light, and you're looking forward to that place called heaven and your joy is not based on here. Your, ba your joy is based on what is to come. And uh, so as we think about salvation today, I hope as we're Christians, as we are living for Jesus, that we're not trying to go back to the world and trying to find happiness again and, and trying to find the things that are so temporary. Hey, let us just leave that as it is and let us just move on forward and let us seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us true, truly find the right joy and, and, and the right satisfaction in life. I think about what C.S. Lewis also once said and how Christians always try to go back to the world. And, and they, indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it will seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go uh, uh, making mud pies in a slum, 
because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. And in the flesh, we are far easily pleased, and, and our flesh longs for the things of the world, and, and we seek it, and we search it, and we explore it once again. And by the way, when we do so, we're still not satisfied. And we recognize once again, hey, I found Jesus. That's my joy. Why am I living in the world? I need to depart from the world. And I need to uh, uh, leave all the things that the world provides because I want to find joy in the Holy Spirit. And I want to find joy in the Holy Ghost. And, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have salvation. This means our joy is not based on the pleasure of sin that is only for a season. I like how Peter put it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2, down to 4 as well. <coughs> and uh, that he no longer should live in the rest of his time in the flesh, the lust of men, but to the will of God. You know what? Let's go there. 1 Peter chapter 4. I want everyone to look at this passage. This is very important. 1 Peter chapter 4, look at verse 2. And let's read, and, uh, let's read that once again. And uh, it says here that he no longer should live in the rest of his time. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2. In the flesh to the lust of men, but to the what? The will of God. God says, you know, uh, when you're saved, you're not supposed to live uh, uh, the rest of this time in the world, but you're supposed to live according to the will of God. In verse 3, for the time past of our life, okay, the past life, the worldly life that we once had, may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, like partings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it's strange that ye run not with them to the same axis of riot, speaking evil of you. And uh, I'm sure many of you have been placed in this awkward situation. And the world cannot understand why you won't go to a party. The world cannot understand why you won't take a drink. The world can understand why you won't get drunk with them and, and uh, stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and then next morning have a hangover. And uh, the world cannot understand why you don't want to have this axis of riot and axis of lust in your life. And the reason is because we're saved. We're not longing for the flesh to be uh, 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 filled up. We want the Spirit of God to fill our lives. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. We want to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because we're saved. And, and Peter is saying, hey, we walk in these things, lust, access of wine, revelings and banqueting, and abominable idolatries, and, and uh, we're not in any sense <coughs> uh, uh, going after those things anymore. No more we're uh, under that kind of lust and that kind of lifestyle. And uh, we, we need to break away from it. And the world criticizes us. And we are criticized to be legalistic. And too religious, too fundamental. And by the way, they're switching that word around in the sense they're, uh, uh, the media and the world is, is really looking down on the word fundamental Christians and maybe and relating with the uh, fundamental agenda of the jihad movement. And, and uh, that word fundamental is not in any sense acceptable to this world as it was maybe three decades ago. And, and, uh, but when we say we're fundamental Baptist Christians, we're not, any sense, we're not in any sense saying that we're fanatics like the jihadists or maybe those uh, who blow themselves up. No, we're fundamental in the doctrine of the Word of God. That's what we're saying. We want to keep 
the, uh, the truth of God's word in this church. And we want to make sure we preach the gospel as it is and that sinners are sinners and, and that sinners do die and go to hell and, and that there is a literal hell called the lake of fire. And that there is a little place called heaven and that people could trust Christ, their Savior, to go there, not by their own merits, not by their own works, but by grace, by the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and there are so many other doctrines, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and uh, 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 you know, the inspiration of the Scripture and the preservation of the Scripture. And all these things are summed up in the fundamental, fundamental faith that we have today as Baptists. And that's what we mean when we say we're fundamental Baptists. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm just simply saying today that as we think about the Christian life, uh, we are somewhat being sneered and, and also we are being looked down upon by the world because we want to keep true to the Word of God and we, we want to keep true to the holy lifestyle that God has called us to. <coughs> and if we're truly born again, I believe that we would truly desire this. We would truly desire to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes I know we could have some, uh, you know, uh, 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 mistakes and, and uh, you know, get tempted with sin. We understand that. But ultimately, right, uh, deep down in your heart, you want to please the Lord and you want to repent of your sin and you want to get right with God and you want to really go follow after God's will. Why? Because you're saved. You're born again. And many Christians try to find some kind of happiness back in the world, but they might, find, they might have found it or pleasure maybe, but it's still not enough. They need to go back to the Lord Jesus Christ again. Oh, I want to encourage you, if you're a backsliding Christian and, and you have been truly born again and, and uh, you have been saved, you trusted Christ your personal Savior, I want to encourage you to find joy in salvation again. Find joy in knowing that Christ has cleansed all your sins away, past, present, and future. The reason why you're going back to the world is because you forgot who you were. You forgot how Christ saved you. And what sacrifice he made to cleanse all your sins away, to die on that cross, to receive all that shame and mockery for you. You forgot about that. And you can remember the joy of salvation. Oh, I want to encourage you to always find joy in salvation and in the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> For many, they get really excited about the fleshly things of the world. They get excited about riches over salvation. They get excited about friends over salvation. They get excited about career or fame over salvation. And even the pleasure of sin in this world over salvation. But ladies and gentlemen, our sins are forgiven. The perfect payment has been paid and the transaction has been paid. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received atonement. Atonement meaning the exact equivalent exchange. You see, I could not, I could not pay for my sin. And there is no way I could have done so. I don't care how much of a good of a person I am. And there's no way for me as a sinner to cleanse my own sins away. But Jesus Christ, being the perfect Savior, he gave that equivalent transaction. Hey, I could pay it all. And he did. Jesus paid it all, and now all to him I owe. Amen. And let us make sure today that we find joy and salvation again. 
and to recognize what a new life that God has given us. Secondly, <coughs> we have joy in His sovereignty. Let's think about His sovereignty this morning. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But, <coughs> oh, let's go there. Acts 20, verse 24. We're going to go through some scriptures today, like I said. We'd like to just kind of point to the verses that we're going over. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. It says here, Acts 20, verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You see, there is joy in his sovereign plan. In the, in the previous verse, in verse 23, if you look at it with me, Apostle Paul says, before he says, none of these things move me, he says, say that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. So, what was the Apostle Paul expecting as he was going to Jerusalem? A party? A feast? No. He says, bonds and affliction is waiting for me here. Trial is waiting for me there. People will hate me. They're waiting for me there. And it's hard to have joy when there are bonds and afflictions that's waiting for us. But when we submit to the will of God, there is joy. He says, I might finish my course with joy. We should acknowledge that our God does all things well, all Christians say. Come on now, and uh, does God really do all things well? All Christians say, amen. If we truly believe that, and uh, there should be a hearty amen. And uh, we should acknowledge that God does all things well. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. He, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, the sovereignty of our God is flawless, and He does all things well. And we are fully obedient to His sovereign will. Uh, when we are fully obedient to His sovereign will, my friend, even this morning, I believe that we could have joy. And maybe that's what the joy of the Holy Ghost means. Meaning, we are obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I think about those Christians who were persecuted in the early chapters of the book of Acts, and, and, they, <coughs> and they got beaten, and, and uh, they got persecuted, and then the Bible says uh, uh, they praised the Lord, and they, and they were filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. I always kind of wonder what that meant, and I think it means that, hey, they had joy in knowing even though they were persecuted, even though they were hated, hey, they still did the will of God. I think about one Christian put it this way, joy is the byproduct of obedience. Joy is a byproduct of obedience. D.L. Moody once also said, happiness is caused by things that happen around me and circumstances that will mar it. But joy flows right through trouble. Joy flows through the dark. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows all through persecution and opposition. It is a seizing fountain bubbling up in the heart. A secret spring the world can see and doesn't know anything about. The Lord gives us people perpetual joy when they walk in obedience to Him. 
Maybe the reason why you're so grumpy <coughs> and the reason why you're so angry and bitter, discontent and maybe even depressed, disheartened and maybe even down, maybe it's because you're not fully surrendered to the perfect sovereign plan of God. And you're complaining to the Lord everything that's going wrong at this time. And you're bitter against the Lord. And you're not obedient to God Almighty. That's why you're not filled with joy. That's why you always have complaints. Jonah is a great example. I mean, this guy had psychological issues. I mean, uh, he was almost a, a... a schizo in the sense, I mean, he was in the belly of the well repenting and saying, Lord, I will, uh, you know, uh, uh, fulfill the vow that you have given me. And then God spews him out, and, and he stinks like fish, and he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches the word of God, and he says, hey, Nineveh, in three days will be destroyed. And then the Bible says the kings and, and all the people repented, sackcloth and ashes. What a wonderful, wonderful, uh, great, wonderful result by our God. I mean, the whole city got saved. Can you imagine the whole city of Los Angeles, I mean, sackcloth and ashes and repenting? I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine our mayor? And, and, uh, and, uh, and can you imagine, <coughs> I mean, everybody in the city, even all the government officials and all the police officers? I mean, everybody just repenting and and getting right with God and getting saved. That's what happened in Nineveh. But it's amazing in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? I told you so, he said. When I stand in my country, therefore I fled therefore unto the Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. You see, he actually wanted those people not to be saved. He wanted them to burn in the lake of fire. I don't know what Christians could think that way. I don't know. And some historians said that the Ninevites were uh, 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 truly persecuting many of the prophets in those days, and, and they're very cruel people, and maybe Jonah has some animosity toward them because maybe they have killed many of the Jews and, and killed many of the prophets in those days. But, but just let's be honest, if you're truly filled with the love of Christ, you would not want anybody to go to the lake of fire. But Jonah had that, and Jonah had this uh, uh, <coughs> a, a notion in thinking that hey, if I don't go, they will never be saved, and that's fine with me. And here's a great sin of Jonah, though. He knew that which was right to do, and he did it without joy. He did it without joy. He wanted to get out of the well, and he said, I will perform your vow, but we really down deep, out, deep down in his heart, he really didn't want to go there. But he, I believe in any sense, God was gracious to him, <laughs> and he did fulfill the vow. <laughs> he went to Nineveh and he preached the word of God, the word that God told Jonah to preach. And he did so, but he did it without joy. And when the result came and God, the word of God did not return void, amen? And the word of God was preached, people repented, and they got saved. <coughs> Jonah was not happy. He didn't have joy. And his life, was still miserable. 
And ladies and gentlemen, many people could be like that. They could be in God's will, but not be joyful being in it. And you might tithe, but you're not tithing in joy. You might go sowing, but you're not sowing in joy. You're going to church maybe two times, three times a week, and you're faithful to it, but you're not full of joy. You're serving the Lord in the children's class and nursery and maybe playing the piano and maybe you're about to sign up for the choir and and you're doing all these different things for the ministry of Bible Baptist Church, but you're doing it without joy. And maybe you're usher today and, and you're doing it every single Sunday, but you're doing it without joy. I'm just simply saying today, you have joy in God's will. I hope you have joy in God's will. And maybe you have, you're a husband, you're, <coughs> you're a wife, you're a father, or you're a mother. And Hey, you go to your house, but you don't have joy. You know it's God's will for you to be faithful to your family, but you don't have joy when you enter that door after work. It's filled with complaints and filled with strife, filled with arguments all the time. But you know it's God's will for you to have a family. But ladies and gentlemen, it's also God's will for you to have a family and also have joy at the same time. Many times we always excuse ourselves thinking, we did what God has told us to do. Yeah, but do you have joy in doing it? Because the Holy Spirit provides that. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is, first of all, love, and then secondly, joy. Maybe we're not filled with the Spirit of God. That's the problem. We're not submissive to the sovereign plan of God. That's the problem. And no one could ever be submissive to the sovereign plan of God unless they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to encourage you to be submissive to the sovereign will of God. Apostle Paul says, I might finish my course with joy. Yes, affliction and bonds (coughs) abide me there but I have joy. Why? God's will. God's will. With that, number three, joy is shared. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. And I wrote the same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. You know, Apostle Paul said it very pleasantly. He said, you're my joy. And uh, he also says in church, church, uh, he says to the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. You know, as we are sharing our lives with each other, hey, we could sure share joy with each other as well. And I wonder if all of us could say, the people here at Bible Baptist Church is my joy. <coughs> and of course, yes, first of all, is our Savior. And we have joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, as we have joy in the Lord Jesus Christ, we could have joy with each other. Do you truly love that person next to you? Do you truly love that person in your Sunday school class? Do you truly love that person that's ministering with you? Do you truly love that brother and sister in Christ? Do you have joy in seeing them every single Sunday? Or do you frown as you see them every single Sunday? For Christ's joy is his children. Did you know that? 
And it is a joy to be at Bible Baptist Church. It is a joy to be in Life Connection Bible study. It is a joy to have fellowship with each other. It is a joy to have prayer with each other. And it is a joy to give to each other. It is a joy to sacrifice for others. And by the way, I believe a Christian who is, who is discontent and who is not satisfied with life, they're not filled with joy. And the reason why, one reason why, is because they're not giving enough. They're not giving toward others. They're always seeking, what about me? Me, myself, and I. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. No wonder you're so grumpy. My wife and I, as we were going to a couple's retreat, and, and we went to Carl's Jr., and, and the Carl's Jr. burger got better. Their buns are wonderful. Have you tried those? And uh, it's really good. And they give you coupons. That's great. And, uh, you know, those coupons numbers are all the same. All the flyers are the same. And uh, I memorized the famous star one, 8421. <laughs> and uh, I said, honey, it's the same code. And I can just memorize it, and I can keep on using it. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, okay? I didn't sin against the law. And, uh, and uh, we got famous star, and I said, give me that new bun. And uh, they gave me the new bun in it. And it's pretty good. I liked it. And we were eating. And we're about to enter the 90, uh, not the 91 freeway, the 405 freeway. And right before, you know, on TGLA Taylor, we, you know, there's three freeways. By the way, did you know if you go to Gardena Boulevard, there's a small sign right on Gardena Boulevard in Vermont. You see a sign that says Gardena, City of Freeways. Did you know that? Gardena used to be called the City of Freeways. That's what we're known for. Okay, and uh, New Jersey is what? Garden State, right? Okay, and uh, what's California? I don't even know. Gold? Oh, yeah, Golden State. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I want to think about bears. <laughs> and uh, we have the flag. <coughs> okay, yeah, Golden State. <coughs> because of the gold, okay, the gold mining and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, this city is called the city of freeways. Why? Because three city ways are, you know, I mean, and three freeways are going through. <coughs> and I was about to enter the 405 freeway. I just wanted to let you know that you need to love your city <laughs> and you need to know about more about the city. And, uh, but anyways, uh, I was about to go, uh, I was about to go, and this guy was, you know, just, uh, this man was holding up a sign that says, homeless and hungry. And uh, my wife and I were just, just feeding our mouths with this famous star and, and uh, you know, fries and drinks. And, and I kind of looked over with my mouth full. <laughs> I said, oh, man, that guy is hungry. And I'm just feeding myself down here. And I rolled down the window and I said, sir. And, and the green light came. I, was, I didn't even go. And, I say, sir, I got my wallet out. I, 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 hand, him, I hand him some money. And, uh, and uh, he took it, and he said, God bless you. And I said, God bless you, too. Now, I'll probably never see that guy again. But this gave me joy in doing this. I don't know what it is. This God made us that way. There's no joy unless you give. And uh, it is better to give than to what? Than to receive. That's why Jesus said that. You'll never truly have the pleasure of joy unless you give toward other people. That's a great ingredient you need to live by. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we have joy and, and really give toward other people. And, and, uh, and, and by the way, when you give toward other people, God says, give and it shall be given you. I was just thinking about that, Brother Sam. And, and uh, I gave that guy a few dollars and, and you paid for my meal just yesterday. Thank God for that. <laughs> And we were at a couple's retreat together, and, and uh, Brother Sam was able to treat us out. And, and, uh, and he's very sneaky with the checks, and I don't know how he does it. 
and he swaps them with the waitress really fast. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but thank you, Sam. But I'm just simply saying that, you know, when you give, you know, give and it should be given you. And, uh, <coughs> and I'm just simply saying today that, that it's very important that as a Christian that, that we remain in the joy of the Holy Spirit of God. Does he remain with us forever? Yes or no? He does. If he does, then we need to remain in his joy. I'll close with this in John 15, verse 11, down to verse 12. These things then have I spoken unto you, that my joy remain in you, and that your joy might be full. That was our text. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That's the next verse. Your joy might be fulfilled. Your joy might be full. And he says, let me give you a new commandment. New commandment is that you love one another. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> Jesus Christ hey, provides joy. But he says, I want to provide that joy by you obeying your commandment, obeying this commandment, by loving others. And when you don't love others, you don't have joy. You don't, when you don't love your spouse, you don't love your children, you don't love the people at Bible Baptist church, you don't love the sinners who are lost, you don't have joy. Make sure you love people so that you can obtain that joy of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much.